Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we go. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lessons. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. We've got Michael Rizzo. We've got the professor, Nate Jacobson. And we are joined today by the other half of the Points in the Paint podcast, Zach Badger House. Zach, how are you? I'm good. Glad to be on Sharp Lessons. Talk about some bets. What's going to be the best bet? I'm looking forward to it. NBA Finals, of course. It's all going to go down right here. Yeah, we've got a lot of NBA Finals betting to get to, but we also want to talk a little bit about the Open Championship, or uh, as Alex would say, the British Open. I think he'd be upset if we didn't call it the British Open. Uh, interesting uh, standings going on right now with the British Open, Nate, and I know you uh, didn't seem very happy about it this morning with the way some of the players are uh, looking. Yeah, I really haven't been happy since I woke up yesterday morning and I saw that Jordan Spieth and Louis Oosthuizen were top of the leaderboard. I had the TV on all night, so I kept waking up like every two hours and seeing what was going <laughs> on, and I think I was having some dreams about players that I bet on playing better than they were. So it was just kind of all a mess. But play is going on right now, the second round. Everyone who played in the early wave is off the course. And the the star of today was a player we mentioned on uh, on Wednesday show with Alex. And Rizzo asked us a question, our thoughts about Colin Morikawa, who is a major winner. He has four wins in a very short career, who's making his Open Championship debut. And we were worried about him because he's never played Lynx golf until last week when he missed the cut at the Scottish Open. And Morikawa shot a morning 64. So as we talk, it could have changed by the time you listen to it. Uh, probably likely will change because Spieth and Ustazen are are currently two back. But Colin Morikawa is going to head into the third round nine under par and with a real, real shot in the betting market if you look at to possibly win this major after – we discouraged Rizzo, and I know Rizzo likes Morikawa's. Morikawa's been good to him in the past, but we were saying this isn't really the fit for him. A West Coast kid out in England who's never played Lynx golf, we thought that this wasn't the major for him, and he proved not just us but a lot of people wrong because Morikawa's odds drifted quite a bit, knowing that he wasn't maybe the best course fit here at Royal St. George's when he was going off as like the same price as a guy like Shane Lowry, which in a normal tournament would have never happened. Yeah. I think that um, one thing I will say about Colin Morikawa is that number one, uh, we talked about it. He, he really is up there and, and considered by many as probably the best irons player in the world right now. The issue was like Alex and Nate had said, not only did he have a horrible round last week playing Lynx golf, but he then came out after the tournament and was saying how 
the ball, you know, the way the grass was feeling, it wasn't come, the turf was feeling, it wasn't coming off his club, how he's used to. And basically everything he was saying was like, kind of like big red flags for why you shouldn't take him this weekend. But what I also will say about Colin is that his game is so refined when it comes to off the tee, the irons around the green, he does everything well. And if you catch him on one of those weeks where the putter is working too, he he contends, right? It's it's always a, is he going to putt well? Because he does everything else so great. And it seems like today, at least, the putter was working. And as Nate mentioned, he's uh, nine under. I, I would love to see Colin in the lead going into Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a fun, for some, not for all, a fun <laughs> uh, final two days of the British Open. I, I'm, I'm happy to see Colin at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think the only bet I made for the Open was an American to win. So <laughs> Morikawa can hold on. That would be great if Spieth can overtake Jeez. him. That's fine. I'm I'm happy with any American that can win. And it looks like they're in at least we got two that are in pretty good position right now. Yeah, definitely. It looks like that American bet. I mean, it, it's in a good spot because as we talk, the other contender is a South African, Louis Oosthuizen, who never wins majors. He always finishes second or third, always the uh, <laughs> always the bridesmaid, never the bride, except in 2010 when Louis won uh, an Open Championship. But as we've seen recently, he contends in majors but falls short. So, yeah, Morikawa is going to be in a, in a good position going into the weekend. All right, let's talk some NBA. We did have a cover of the week from Game 4. <laughs> and what looked like the Bucks were, you know, trailing a good portion of the game. They came back and they were holding a slight lead. Didn't think they were going to be able to cover the minus five. And lo and behold, they cover it by one. They're able to win by six. They they like, they like scored so many points in the last couple minutes, and they prevented Phoenix from doing much. It was pretty impressive that we got a cover of the week from the Milwaukee Bucks because they just did not look like they were going to be able to cover that minus five at all throughout like 98% of that game. Imagine being the dummy that said to take them in the first half instead of full game. Who <laughs> could be me? And honestly, the game was so good and competitive, and you're thinking, like, this is the turning point game. Either Phoenix goes up 3-1 at home or it's tied 2-2, and it's a it's a best-of-three series that I totally forgot what the spread implications were. And, I mean, it seems so obvious that even if the Suns were going to lose, they were going to cover the closing number at plus five. And the Bucks with some late three throws at the end, they fouled Middleton instead of Giannis because Middleton had the ball, so he had a good three uh, throw shooter and the Bucks get the cover because uh, the Suns just played very poorly down the stretch and and it was a great game in terms of just like it felt like a big game and and then it, just an important game as I mentioned where we were in the series but yeah if you had the Bucks plus five I'd probably recommend just sitting out the rest of the series I mean maximum it's only three <laughs> games so just sit back and relax because you had a great bet and it didn't hit and it really it really should have hit the the Suns should have covered if not even won the game outright Ooh, you feel confident about that take right there i had the bucks at well the i last thought game. like they they should have won like the suns could have easily won and mm-hmm. i thought for most of the game they were going to win it just kind of felt like they were and and middleton played well the Giannis block flip things but they should have at least covered i mean maybe the bucks deserve to be tied to two i think that's a fair thing to say but the suns really missed an opportunity 
Yeah, they did, because especially with like the poor performance of Chris Paul down the stretch of the game, you know, costly turnovers in the fourth quarter. And then like I felt like Monty Williams may have had Devin Booker on the bench a little too long, knowing that he did have five fouls. But I think as him being your only guy that was really had it going offensively, I think he should have been in the game a little sooner as opposed to like the last what, like five minutes of that fourth quarter. Can we talk about the most blatant? No call in. Hey, it works. I mean, I'll say in NBA history, which is definitely <laughs> hyperbolic, but like this is a sports betting NBA show. This memory. is a sports betting show. We don't have to go into that. That didn't. <laughs> the that implications end. that that could have flipped everything. Well, the, like if the, Bucks, the Suns go on to win, oh man, that was. Yeah, but it didn't. I it didn't. It. So we should we talked about the cover of the week, and that it ended up Bucks covering and winning. So the the spread really didn't mean anything with that foul. So. Um, yeah, it was a bad call, but I think we can we can move on to game five because I know we're very excited for uh, tomorrow night, Saturday. It means yeah, and I game is rigged and tread carefully. <laughs> okay, Better that's tread that's, carefully. A, that's a fine takeaway. That if you want to say that, yes, but it, it really didn't. It, it could have mattered, but it didn't matter on uh, on Wednesday. That's well, because, it does seem like that's because why? Because ball don't lie, folks. That, that, <laughs> there you go. It does seem like people have been getting into foul trouble a lot in the finals, though, which is something to keep in mind. You've got Aiton, who had five fouls. Now you had Booker that had five fouls. So I don't I don't know if that means it's rigged against the Suns that they're getting a lot of cheap fouls called on them, but it's something to keep in mind that obviously these officials have been very happy to blow their whistle at times. And officiating is always an issue in the NBA, but it seems like it's really an issue in these finals where you're seeing people complain and you're seeing the game slow down towards the end of games and you're seeing a bunch of free throws at the end of these games. So that is something to keep in mind. It's impossible to predict who's going to be called for those five fouls because it seems like almost every game someone will be, but you might be uh, be a little maybe, cautious, I guess. Maybe if you're a in game. It may be Giannis in game five with the five fouls. It might fouls. be. <laughs> yeah, they might. Now that it's in Phoenix and it's going back to the home turf for the Suns, you might see the officials start calling more fouls on the Bucks. We don't, we're not sure about that one, but seems like that's kind of the way things have been going. But for game five on Saturday, the spread right now is back in favor of the Suns at minus four. Total at 218, a little bit lower than what we've seen around 220, 221. Um, and it seems like the line, I don't know how much we expect it to move by tomorrow, but Suns minus four seems for the most part with how the series has been playing out with the home teams being favored and winning these games. It seems like a pretty fair spot. Yeah, I think this line is is pretty correct at minus four. We saw a little bit of minus three and a half yesterday. I think that's what it opened at some books. Um, yeah, I think in terms of the side, it's it's pretty right, the, the line. And if you have like a preference either way, maybe you can bet one side or the other. I could see the Suns bouncing back after two losses, being back at home. But yeah. at the same time, I just think the Bucks are – maybe just the better team in the series. And I'm a little bit worried about how Chris Paul played in game four. So uh, it kind of depends on what you what you believe in and what you prefer, uh, whether you believe in the Suns bounce back or you believe the Bucks are actually the better team, even though they went down 2-0 in this series. The total is what I'm I'm looking at. And as we get cl- deeper into these series, the teams are more familiar with each other. We tend to see the game just being lower scoring, slower pace. 
We mentioned stuff with the fouls. I think now, because we're guaranteed two more games of the finals, there won't be a bias in terms of foul calls. So less fouls, less three throws mean the clock isn't stopping. So it just tends to be lower scoring. And we're only at 218, which is only a two and a half point drop from game four. Game four. Now, yeah, yeah, now we're tied at 2-2. I think it's going to be a really tight series. The Suns obviously know they need this game because they, if they go down, have to go back to Milwaukee. The Bucks will be in a great situation. But the Bucks also know it's much easier to win a game five on the road than a game seven. So this is really an important game. I'd, I'd imagine whoever wins this game wins the series. So I can see a little bit of a kind of a game seven under vibe to it. But you're getting a, a price that's for game five instead of game seven. Because if this series went game seven, I'm sure the total would probably be like 214, 214 and a half knowing that game sevens just play out a lot lower scoring. So I'm looking under here between the, uh, the bucks and Suns just cause I don't think it's been adjusted enough. I would actually go over. And I, I say that only because I expect Aiden to have a better game offensively. And so, and then also Chris Paul with his assist total, you know, at being eight and a half right now, I think he'll crack that double double that he didn't get in game four. I know a lot of people were upset that Chris that Paul didn't get the double double, for um, player performance, but you know, I think he'll do that this time. I think they'll be able to shoot better. Like I said, I like Cameron Johnson with nine and a half for plus 100. I like that bet. So I think he'll shoot well and have enough confidence at home to perform well, Cameron Johnson. And then, you know, I think Aiden will have a better game offensively. So I think, you know, his what I think he's at 15 and a half right now. So I take the over for him in terms of player prop too. So I think the uh, Phoenix Suns will come out better offensively. And I think that's why the scoring total will be at least higher than 218. His rebounding has been impressive with Aiden. Yes. Uh, and I think his re 12 and a half is where it stands for game five, which just on an initial look, that seems a little low. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get 16, 17 rebounds, but I can <laughs> I can see him getting 13 rebounds. I mean, that seems fairly possible, especially at home where it just seems like in this in this series, the home team is the one where everyone's play is elevated for the home team when they're at home. So eating at 12 and a half seems maybe one rebound too low, maybe a half a rebound too low for something like that if he can snag 13. Um, but I do like the double double for for Aiton, but it's at like what minus 280. It's a, it's extremely juiced. I mean, people are really <laughs> expecting Aiton to get that double double. So if if you can parlay something like that, that might be the the move to go. But I do think with the Suns being at home, this is a good game to hit any Suns player with a player prop over. Um, simply because it's the same thing. Home team, they play better. They feed off the crowd. We saw it with the Bucks when they were at home. Um, and so I think we're going to see it with the Suns when they're at home for this game. Would you even go over on Devin Booker, who had that 38-point performance and, and was con- he's going to be priced high? Are you looking more at the yeah. Suns role players, like Zach mentioned, Cam Johnson, maybe a guy like Cam Payne, um, or Jay Crowder, like maybe those guys who are going to be line lower, who don't have to score as much for you to go over, as opposed to Booker, who really has to have a, uh, another strong game? Exactly. Yeah. I like him. I like the Cam Johnson one. I think campaign. So his point total right now is seven <laughs> and a half. And I I hate rooting for campaign because he was so bad with the Bulls and to see him play well with the Suns, it hurts. Um, but seven and a half at home for campaign, who's had not the greatest of final series. I don't want to say it's the campaign bounce back game, but I can see him getting eight points in a game like this at home where the team, there have been points where they've struggled for offense, and he has come in at points, and he seems like he he's okay with 
taking some of the ball handling responsibilities and he seems okay with, with taking some of that spotlight and being aggressive with the ball. So eight points at plus a hundred over seven and a half seems like pretty decent value for someone like campaign. So I, I don't know about Devin Booker at 28 and a half. I'm still a little hesitant, even though he did go off in game five or game four, I should say, I, I'm a little hesitant about his over, but I think looking at the role players, Nate, I think that might be a, a good strategy because like I said, I think everyone's play on the home team gets elevated when they're at home. If you want to go uh, over on campaign and you feel bad about that, then you can just go under on Bobby Portis to ba- balance it out, right? Yes. <laughs> Get those two former Bulls. At least one of them plays poorly, you know? <laughs> that would be the move. Uh, but I do think, I, I mean, there's people like Brooke Lopez who's... I mean, I'd go under with him. He's at 10 and a half. I'd go under, actually, with Brooke Lopez. And I think a good move, too, that I don't know if we've suggested at all uh, for this series is at halftime, they sometimes offer player props at halftime where you can do live player props. That could be a good time to hit some of the player props, too, because I was looking at halftime for for game four and they had Chris Middleton at like 28 and a half when he was already at 16. And so if you hit the over 28 and a half and he was at 16, you got the over. You can maybe get some better numbers that aren't hit as much, that don't move as much because people aren't usually betting live player props at halftime. So if you want to look at halftime, see who's playing well, maybe bet for on a player who wasn't playing well in the first half to have a better second half if you know that they're one of the main scorers or something like that. That may be a really good time to hit player props if you don't feel confident doing it before the game. Stay away yeah, from Drew Holiday. <laughs> Well, do you think do you think holidays in a in a maybe a buy low spot or do you want to wait to him to get out back at home in game six before would, backing anything? I would just go wait for game six because you just don't know what you're going to get out of Drew Holiday on the road, let alone at home. But at least at home, that one game, you expect him to at least perform above 15 and a half, 16 and a half points, wherever the line may be going into that game. But as of right now, he just hasn't played well at all and so i know a lot of people yeah. who doesn't even like drew holiday have been pretty pleased about his play right now with bedney under so if you're confident with the bucks and not sure with drew holiday i would just stay away from drew holiday for game five and he's been playing good defense on chris paul too and i think that's a big reason paul at least in the last game he struggled to even get his assist total i mean he, he barely got double digit points it seems like drew holiday's been playing pretty good defense on chris paul but all that defensive energy is spent and he's not, he can't really play well consistently well on the <laughs> offensive side. So that that's a matchup to look at too. Um, the other thing we wanted to look at was the NBA finals MVP as we're getting closer to the end of this series. Giannis is the favorite right now at plus 130, and Chris Paul is plus 180. He's definitely moved down after that poor performance in game four. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you this, Zach, are you confident in betting anyone for finals MVP? Because essentially by betting someone, you're betting also the team that's probably going to win the finals as well, which at this point it's, it's tough to call with it being two, two. That block by Giannis. I think that's, if you're, I took bucks in seven. So I went, you know, Milwaukee bucks is in in seven games. Now for that to happen, you're going to need another, another great performance by the Greek freak in one of these games, you know, but that block, I think, you know, hammered his case for MVP right there. You know, I think that was the reason why they won that game. And so at plus 130, I like it. I would take Giannis at this point. I think that 
if you wanted a flyer on something with big odds, Chris Middleton at 25 to one. I mean, I know Giannis has had an unbelievable series, but Middleton's been right there. He's been playing yeah. great. And, you know, maybe we're one bad Giannis game and one great Chris Middleton game away from seeing those numbers come a little bit closer or even just something happens where Middleton hits a big shot down the stretch to, to ultimately win the series maybe because he in in crunch time if you've been watching the ball's been in Middleton's hands it hasn't been Giannis go to the hole it's been Middleton iso get a bucket so that's one at 25 to one I, I think you could you could make a worse bet right now when it comes <laughs> to uh messing around with this series so that's that's something that I saw and was kind of like mm, interesting so that's something that I might you know sprinkle a little lunch money on <laughs> and right now Giannis is odds he's the favorite just because Paul and Booker are kind of split for the Suns but Giannis I mean there is that outside chance Middleton gets it and I don't think he's going to be playing going to play well as he did in game four as in game five but also Giannis it's a it's a narrative award a little bit because it's voted and we didn't even know if he was going to play in this series and I think the fact that he's come back and come back so strong he'll get the nod no matter what if the Bucks win so if you like the Bucks to win instead of maybe going plus 125 going to win MVP plus 130 because their series price right now is plus 125. But if you do like the Suns, I think it's actually a decent spot to go back to Chris Paul. He had one bad game. Booker had one bad game or one good game to kind of elevate him. But going into game four, the Suns were minus 250 to win the series and Paul's MVP odds were minus 240 or minus $2 or better. So now you're getting a plus 180. If the Suns win the series, it's probably going to be because Chris Paul at least plays a little bit better. As I mentioned, it's a narrative award. The voters like, you know, Chris Paul and and kind of his journey to get to this point and and how he's had a lot of tough losses and, and injuries in his career. And even though Devin Booker played well, it was still in a loss. So if the, if the Suns end up winning the series, I think you'd have to go Chris Paul plus 180, and that might be a better value way to bet back the Suns instead of laying okay. minus 145. It's hard for me to see someone who's not Giannis or Chris Paul winning MVP because if the Suns win, like you said, it's a narrative. It's basically a narrative trophy. And right. I don't see them giving it to Devin Booker if the Suns win. If Chris Paul is winning his first NBA finals, he's going to be the MVP. <laughs> I yeah, mean, there's, unless there's unless no Booker goes for like 40 p- points the next two games. Uh, yeah. But with his kind of volatility in the series, I wouldn't be betting on that. So you're getting kind of a discount at Chris Paul compared to what he was going into game three and game four when they looked like the Suns were in control. Yeah, like if this goes to seven and it goes back to Phoenix seven games and yeah, Devin Booker goes like for 50 points and, and the Suns win, then I, I guess you could make the case for Devin Booker to do it. But it's hard for me to see them not giving it to a 36-year-old Chris Paul winning his first <laughs> NBA Finals. It's just... That would be almost insane to me if they don't do that and the Suns win. Before we do best bets, uh, we have a little bit of time, and, and Zach's our uh, a first-time guest, and just wanted to kind of pick his brain about betting and maybe like how long have you been betting? What are some like strategies you use? Do you focus on mostly the NBA, or is there other sports that you also like to to bet on, whether it's casually or try to do a little bit more serious stuff with? <laughs> All right, so. 
Everybody knows if everybody knows I like the parlay. <laughs> All right. I know that's not super super popular amongst everybody, but I try to parlay a, a little bit here and there, three team, four team, maybe five team on a good baseball <laughs> day, feeling real confident, may sprinkle oh. seven teams, you know, may try to get try to get lucky, you know. But um it's I like some of the like, okay, so I'll tell you guys this. I've been betting like before the All-Star MLB All-Star break, I was betting uh who would get a home run, like two guys get a home run. And I think I came out one week I what I did like seven of them, I was probably 3 and 4. So I felt like I felt like that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, it was Soyo Tani with uh Vladdy a, a few a few times and I know they hit a homer on the same day, I think twice and so i feel good about that and so uh you know just different bets like that you know and the same game parlay in terms of nba you have to do those right like why not you know you can pick you can pick five or six guys you feel confident in to get a certain amount of rebounds or you know to make a certain amount of threes or to go under if they're valued if you feel like they're valued you know too high then they, of course you would take that of, of course and then you know, I like Aiden's double-double. I've been focused on that a lot in this NBA Finals. He only had six points and uh, 17 rebounds, but it was all right. You know, so, so far, I've missed that twice in this series. And uh, but other than that, it's been, well, UFC a little bit last week. I bet on Connor because he was an underdog. I wanted to see what he was going to do. He broke his leg in the first first round, so that was tough. I'm looking forward to some boxing matches this upcoming weekend, too. Uh Jamel, I know he's going to fight this weekend. He's heavily favored, but I want to see what happens with the line still moving into this Saturday. I know um, one thing I will add is, you know, I, I always watch NBA on TNT because of the entertainment, like that the pregame show, the postgame show, all that. But uh, those games, since they are televised for you to watch, and they're usually, you know, they do a pretty good job scheduling those where you're going to see a superstar and a, usually a pretty good matchup. Um those are like uh, same game parlay heaven because you know you're you need something to watch on Thursday night anyways. You look at that, you're like, you know what? I'll pick Dame to score 30, CJ to score 20, Jokic 10 rebounds. You know, you know and you just yeah. pick that. and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, five bucks wins me how much? Okay, submit. <laughs> and then it gives you a reason to literally watch the entire game, you know, especially with me. If, if I do those, I'm usually taking overs. I'm rarely taking unders. So it's yeah. not like an under is going to get busted early. And then you're in the fourth quarter and you're cursing like Monty Morris for only having like four <laughs> points instead of six. So it definitely for a casual better, it, it gives you a reason to watch. It, it's entertaining. And it's one where, you don't have to break the bank and there's the potential that, Hey, maybe you will hit that lotto ticket and walk away with a couple hundred bucks in your bank account. And, and, and with the NBA, I think that's actually a, a good sport to do same game parlays or mm -hmm. parlay within the same game, because a lot of the statistics could be correlated, whether you like a player to go over, that means maybe the other player goes under because their usage rate volume isn't as high. So, you know, I'm not like, you know, we preach that parlays aren't going to like win you money long term, but at the same time, betting is also a form of entertainment. And uh, instead of paying twelve fifty to go see a movie, maybe you just want to put that twelve fifty on on a game, and the reward is a possible uh, large payment at the end of the game. Especially uh, with with sports betting, it keeps you engaged the whole game. I mean, mm -hmm. all three NBA final or the first three NBA final games, even though the 
the margin or the the winner was kind of decided in the last few minutes. The over under the total sweats were pretty pretty drastic, where you were really <laughs> rooting for players to miss uh, shots or, or teams not to foul, and that was kept people entertained. Uh, Wednesday was an exception because it was such a good game, but uh, you know any sporting event can be be made interesting based on the uh, a certain type of a, a bet that was made. Well, I do want to ask uh, Zach this question. What have you had more of? Have you had more parlay wins or more parlays that have lost because one leg <laughs> has lost and the rest have won? Oh, it's always the one. It's <laughs> always the one. It's always that always. one. Always that one. You may, and this, this is the killer, right? You may have all your games down in terms of like MLB. Let's say you had five games and your last game is a game out, you know, West Coast time, right? So it's a Dodgers game. Dodgers, matter of fact, I'll even give you an example. The Dodgers, they play the uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, they play the Diamondbacks. And I was so upset because that was the last game uh, that I needed to hit. And I and it was a heavy favorite game too, fellas. Heavy game. The Dodgers were probably like minus 220 or something. So I was feeling pretty confident that they would beat the, uh, beat the Diamondbacks. They lost. And I was so upset because it was like every – I could have cashed out, right? Could have just cashed out, you know, took my five teams, six teams that I had on there. It could have went about my day, but I was confident that that's the last game. They're heavily favored. Why not? Lose all that money and you're just sitting there <laughs> pookie in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, the thing I wanted to add that was more about what kind of what Nate said when it comes to gambling as a whole, because uh, Nate and I, we've been – talking gambling with each other for almost three years now from when we start from when I started uh at stadium and it's back when we started and it was a little more taboo it was most of the people that were talking about gambling on tv or on the radio or whatever were doing it for a living right and now it's become much more social much more casual so I like the idea of um not taking it so serious all the time where we're, you know, where we're always doing the smart thing and the right thing. And this is the way to go because it's turned into where everyone has access to it. And now you have, you know, your group chat talks about it all the time and you and your buddy who, you know, might only be putting down $5 every game still yep. wants to know what you like. So <laughs> I, I love the idea that while we know that parlays may not be the smartest thing or teasers here may not be the smartest thing, depending on what sport you're doing. Every once in a while, if somebody wants to indulge themselves in something like that, when they're putting down just, you know, just a little bit of money, like Nate said, instead of instead of going to the, you know, going to McDonald's for lunch, you, you <laughs> bet on a, a parlay. Right. And the 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 potential to win is there and it, it just makes it uh, all the more entertaining and all the yeah. more fun for, you know, more of a casual gambler. Yeah, it's all it's all for the entertainment value. And that's what it's all about, right? Because, you know, if you can take $1 or $2.50 and turn that into $25 and then, bam, you turn that 25 and, you know, you <laughs> use 10 of that 25 and you put it on another parlay and now you got like $100 or maybe even more than that, depending on what you put on. So it's just all about playing the small game sometimes as a casual better, you know, you're just putting your little money out there and see if it can grow. Don't just try to expect to like pay your bills or rent with uh, these parlay wins. Just do it as like money on the side as a hobby. Absolutely. And don't and don't put your rent up on a bet too. Especially <laughs> yeah, parlay. the house literally. <laughs> Especially on credit if you're still uh, doing that sort of thing. Yes. Now with that being said, 
let's do some best bets. And hopefully most of them are single bets. I don't know if Zach has any parlays up his sleeve for us, but we can do uh, some single bets. And Zach being the guest, what are uh, some of your best bets for today and through the weekend? For today, I would say my best bet is going to be, well, fellas, I'm sorry, but it is going to be a parlay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's baseball. And I I like the Angels on the the comeback today. I also like the – the A's today, and then I'm going to go with the White Sox as an underdog because I like the White Sox. Not as now, they may lose today, but those that's my parlay for today. So I like the White Sox today, I like the Angels today, I like the A's today. And what do you have for uh, you have anything for the uh, NBA game Saturday? For the NBA game, I'm going to go with uh, the Suns to win, but I expect, like I said, Bucks in seven. So I expect the Bucks to win game six and seven, but I expect them to lose. Um, to, uh, on Saturday. So I'm going to go with minus, I'll go Suns minus four, or if it even drops, if it, if it drops to three and a half, like if people really start feeling confident in the Bucks, I would even take it at minus three and a half too. Yeah. So I'm going to go with two plays Saturday night NBA. I know Zach disagreed, but I still like the under 218. think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, it's going to be both teams know how important it is. I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast. So if you want that explanation, you can go back there. And then for the first time ever, I think maybe this year, I'm going to bet an NBA player prop. And it's, so I guess it's my NBA player prop of the year. Chris oh, Middleton man. under 25 <laughs> and a half points. Okay. He had 40 the other night. He had a very bad game the last time he was in Phoenix, only 11 points. So I just kind of can see some regression from Chris Middleton. And I think that uh, player prop on points has gone up from 24 and a half to 25 compared to what it was in game four. So I like him not to have as good of a game and Giannis to have the stronger game out of the Milwaukee players. So under 218 and under Chris Middleton points, 25 and a half. Before you go, Ben, I will say, guys, uh, in my time talking with Nate, whenever he says blank of the year, Usually has a pretty usually has a pretty yeah. good chance of hitting. So I think I'm, I think I'm gonna be tailing that. I think I'm canceling my 25 to one Middleton yeah. MVP and I'm going with the under. I went from on Middleton to fading Middleton. So. <laughs> so you know what that means, right? That means Drew Holiday is gonna have to have a good game. That's the that's what so something's gonna happen. To or or out. they could all have bad games. They, or yeah, because I like the under too. So I think it's a little not like totally correlated, but I like that. It's you know, if if it, the game goes under the total, I'll like that Middleton also has a good chance to go under his his total points, even though it went under on Game Four and it, it went. Uh, and Middleton went way over. I just think Giannis will be the one to kind of take the Middleton volume and, and offensive success and efficiency that that he had in game four. Make that make that another tale. I'll, I'll tell that Middleton under. <laughs> I, I, I like your confidence and I like the thought process. And I think the game probably will go under, too. Um, and Middleton, as we know, is he, the zigzag theory works perfectly for Chris Middleton because he'll have a great game. He'll come out the next game and have a bad game. Um, or at the very least, uh, an average game. And I don't think he scores 26 points in in this one, especially with the way the Suns play defense at home. So I'll, I'll tell that one. We can make that two tails on on Nate's Chris Middleton under 25 and a half. Um, for me, I'm going to stick with the Suns first half. They've been really good first half all season long. They've been great first half at home. Um, and the line right now, as of this recording, is Suns minus one and a half. 
for their first half spread. So I really like that. I would play that up to minus two. So I'm going to hit the Suns first half. Um, and I have an MLB play as well for tonight. Um, Cubs run line minus one and a half at plus 105. They're playing the Diamondbacks who I know they beat the Dodgers for your parlay, Zach, but they are <laughs> not a good baseball team. And I, I like that Kyle Hendricks is pitching. Um, I, they play really well when Hendricks does pitch. I know it's not at Wrigley and they sometimes struggle away from Wrigley, but I like the plus money for minus one and a half run line for the Chicago Cubs. And if you want our second half baseball bets, go back and listen to our Monday episode that we had where we did all the divisions we did the pennant winners. We did the World Series. So if you're interested in our second half Major League Baseball bets for at least the division winners and teams that we like, uh, we have that episode in full that we did on Monday. All right. For me, uh, short and sweet, the last two games of the series, game three and game four, Brooks Lopez has played his lowest minute totals of the series. Um, so I think that Budenholzer is, you know, finding the rotation that he likes to, uh, compete with the Suns and that leads to, uh, less minutes for Brooks Lopez. So I'm going to be taking his points, rebounds, and assists under 15 and a half. Um, it is ticked down from where we've seen it previously, but I, uh, I like the trends and, uh, I'm hoping that the opportunities just aren't there for him. And we see a low scoring, low rebounding, uh, Brooks Lopez game. All right, so those are our bets for the weekend. An exciting Game 5 is upon us on Saturday night, so we're excited for that uh, and hoping for a Chris Middleton under uh, as well for that one. Zach, we appreciate you joining us, giving us some bets. Oh, yeah. Always fun. And uh, we will be back on next week, Monday or Tuesday. We'll figure that one out, probably Tuesday, but we'll figure that out over the weekend, and we'll be back with more bets next week for the rest of the NBA Finals, and we're probably going to be previewing college football as football season is upon us. So lots to talk about next week, and good luck to everyone this weekend.